motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am excited to be here today with our guest, Jennifer Hargreaves. Thank you so much for joining me, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Jennifer is the founder and CEO of Talent and a mom of two children. Talent is an online resource and technology platform dedicated to helping professional women and employers find, fill, and create flexible work. She is on a mission to make work work better for women and advocates with the government, business, and industry to create greater and more equal access to opportunities. Jennifer was educated in Canada and launched her career overseas in international business development. She has lived and worked in New Zealand, New York, and London, and now calls Toronto home. I am so excited to dive in with you today, Jennifer. Me too. Let's do it. Yes, let's do it. So where I wanted to start is by asking you, as an entrepreneur and mom of two, What does your motherhood and work juggle look like? And what are some strategies that have helped you along the way? It's a juggle. I would like to say at the beginning, I started the company four years ago and both my kids were at home and I, I really struggled and it took me two years to figure out that I couldn't do both well. Um, So I tried to do at the beginning, I tried to do, you know, babies are napping. I'll jump on here kids are playing quietly for 15 minutes. I'll try and jump on here. And what I found was that I I was failing at both. I wasn't doing either very well. And I found it so incredibly stressful. Whenever I was sitting down to just respond to an email to have, get my thoughts in order and get my, you know, communication down on page, I get interrupted or I'd expect to be interrupted. So my, my mind was never fully on what I was doing. And the same would go for parenting. So whether I was playing with the kids and I, in the back of my mind, think like, oh, I wonder if they responded to that email that I sent earlier that I was stressed about. And it became this cycle of like thinking about one thing while, while doing another thing. And it led me to really be not present. So I would say my, my juggle sucked at the beginning. Um, and the key, learn, key learning I have, which has been really useful during COVID, is that I don't try to do both now. So I try to instead just be very present for what I'm doing. So when the kids are at school, great, you know, I can work um, while they're away at school and I can be with them when they're at home. That's a nice, easy division that happens right there. When COVID hit though, I was right back to where I was. I I regressed in my business progression because I I became a full-time mom again, uh, a teacher and a business owner all at once. So the the jungle and the juggle and everything else just got very, very chaotic. And it actually threw me back into this very stressful place again about trying to 
juggle it all and manage it all. And what I had to do was to really, again, separate the two things to make sure that I was being 100% present for both. So it just turned to where can I create time to do my work? And when I'm with my kids, being with my kids. And I always ask myself a question, which is what can I do with the kids and what can I, can't I do with the kids? So there's certain things that I can do with them. Like I can do laundry with them. I literally make them help me fold laundry and put it away. I can prep dinner with them. They can do dinner with me. I can go for a walk with them and get exercise. So what can I do with kids? What can I do without kids? And that way, that really helped me prioritize my time. So in the morning when I didn't have kids, I get up before them so I can get some work done. What can I do now that's the most effective and productive uh, use of my time? So I don't know if that helps, but that's really how it just removes the stress from, from trying to do both well. I really love that framework because you're so right. When you're trying to do both at the same time, you're not doing either of them well. So by creating that structure, you can focus your attention more effectively. I can really empathize and resonate with what you're saying because you're right. We're trying to keep so many balls in the air. So I really think having that framework is huge. And I think that will be a really useful tool for a lot of moms. So thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. And the other thing too is just, it's, it's easy to say be present. And it's, I think, another thing to do it. And this is another thing that I struggled with too, was everybody saying, be present, you know, quality over quantity time with your kids and everything else. And that is something that I struggled with, even once I was able to transition and be clear that I couldn't do things with my kids um, and work at the same time was actually getting to the point where I felt like I was present. So even after I made that division of labor, it did still take me some time to being fully present. And I'm happy to say I am now, but it did, it wasn't something that just sort of came to me. I could just switch it and make it easy. It was something that I had to work on and practice and, and get to this point where I felt like I was being present both at work and with the kids. You're so right. We hear all these things and all these ideas And the idea is fantastic, but sometimes the implementation of it is so hard. So what was something that helped you get there to that implementation piece? Was it time or was it something else? What helped you out with that? For me, it was actually knowing that I wouldn't be productive uh, if I was trying to work when the kids were there. And also that I wouldn't be having fun if I was trying to think about work. I worked with a mindset coach as well. And one of the things that a tool that she gave me to use was to ask myself, what is it that I want? So in this moment, what is it that I want? Uh, And that really helps me, that would help me be present. Um, And also, so I'd ask myself playing with the kids, you know, what do I want right now? Well, I want to play with the kids. So play with the kids. Stop thinking about all these other things and play with the kids. If that's what you want, play with the kids. Uh, So that was really helpful. And also knowing that I wouldn't be productive if I was sitting down to work right now because the kids were there and also knowing that I wouldn't be having fun if I was trying to work. So knowing those two things as well was really helpful in in moving me towards being more present. So with all the work that you've done in sorting through and working on your motherhood work juggle, you've created this amazing company called Talent. I would love to hear the story of why and how talent started and how it has evolved to what it is today. Sure. Well, like most businesses, it started out of a need. So when you're looking around, you're like, I can't find this to solve this problem. That was sort of the story of how my company started. 
So I had returned from a 12-year career overseas back to Canada. I had a one-year-old and I was pregnant with my second. And I thought, well, no one's going to hire hire a pregnant lady, I might as well throw myself into parenting and uh, renovating our new house. And I started doing that. And I had my son. And after he was born, I thought, well, now I've been out of the workforce for three years. Uh, I have a, a gap on my resume. I don't have a network in Canada. And my husband travels and works a lot. And my kids are 18 months apart. How do I do this? So thinking, do I want to work? And the answer to that was a resounding yes. I love working. I've always loved working and being challenged. And when I started looking for what could come next, what was I going to do? How was I going to find that next job? I had to look around and I really couldn't see anything that would give me the career opportunity and progression that I wanted with the company, as well as the flexibility that I wanted to be the kind of parent that I wanted. So people need flexibility for all sorts of different reasons. And and I think basically at the end of the day, your reason shouldn't matter. Like as far as a company's concerned, who cares why you want flexibility? It's really none of their business. It's just you want flexibility for the reason that you want flexibility. And for me, that flexibility was because I wanted to be a present parent. My husband traveled a lot and I wanted to have someone solid in the house um, while he was coming and going. And it was just my preference as well. So I had a look around and I couldn't see anything. And then at the same time, you had a lot of employers talking about diversity and inclusion and getting women into leadership. But they were really looking at sort of one end of the spectrum, which was getting women on boards into senior leadership, or the other end, which was new graduates and how do you find a mentor or a sponsor? What's the difference between the two? Or, and how do you navigate up that career path? And there was no one really talking about this extremely messy middle, which is what I like to think of it as, where women are having children, their priorities are changing, not just because of kids, but because of other things as well. Like, you spend so much time working hard in your career and then you look up and you have a look around and you're like, yeah, I guess at some point I wanted to be here, but now is this what I want? So it's that shifting and changing as well. But there was no one really operating at that space and advocating for that with companies. And when I did a bit of research and I spoke to a number of women in my community and just did interviews with them and said, what is it that you would really need to stay engaged in your career and inspired to lead for whatever, however leadership looks like to you? And the key thing that kept coming up was flexibility, flexibility, flexibility. And then I did some research online and PwC actually put up a report that showed to attract top female talent, experienced female talent, sorry. The number one thing that that talent wanted was a culture of flexibility and work-life balance. So if we're all out here saying, hey, if you want to keep us, here's what you need to do, why weren't companies listening? Mind you, this was four or five years ago now that I started doing this research and things have shifted, especially thanks to COVID. But At the time, even if companies did have a culture of flexibility, they weren't talking about it or they weren't advertising it. So when you looked at a job, I'd look at it and I could not see myself there because I thought, I don't see anything about flexible work hours. I don't see anything about remote work or the ability to work from home. I see nothing that shows me how inclusive they are and how they make sure they keep their, their female talent. Why would I even bother applying for that job? And what that said to me was that these companies were missing out on this whole group of talent, this whole group of women who probably would love to do that job if you just showed them that they had a place there by talking about how they could thrive. So they could come up with a vision to say like, yes, I can do this role. This is the kind of role that is going to take me to where I want to be. Um, But also, hey, I can still do what I want to do and lead the kind of life I want to lead, whether it's living in a 
farming community, but you want to tap into some of the business networks or whether it's being able to pick your kids up from school, whatever the kind of flexibility, nothing was advertised in the job descriptions. So I saw this big gap in the market and I thought this is an opportunity to jump in and start making those connections. So that's where it started. And it started with a newsletter where I was just collecting these jobs, uh, collecting names on a newsletter and just circulating them around and making the connections, which is not a very good business model, let me tell you, because you make no money. (laughs) But as I said, I had the kids at home with me for the first two years. So for me, it just became a real passion project about making these connections. I know what it feels like to feel like your choices are limited. And what, what I was doing and the payment I got back in return was feeling like like I was giving women more opportunities and I was connecting them to opportunities where they would feel really good and feel maybe more free in going after what they wanted to go after. So I did that. And then when the kids went to school, I thought, okay, well, do I go and get a job, like a a job job, like a J-O-B job? Um, or do I keep going here? And after I applied for a job and I went through the process and I came to negotiating the flexibility at work, they gave me some concessions, but it felt really much like accommodation versus a culture of flexibility. And I thought, oh man, there's a lot more work to be done here in terms of advocacy and I guess changing mindsets and raising awareness about how workplaces still aren't working for women uh, and we should be able to do more. So actually going through that process of applying for a job really, really, really affirmed my commitment and my mission to doing what I did. So I launched the job board and the talent community. And here we are now making strides and having successes. I think this is so important. And I know for myself as a mom, I knew that I wanted to work, but that flexibility piece was so important. And I know any time that I looked on Indeed or at any sort of job posting, there was never any mention of flexibility in the job description. Any mention of the opportunity to work remotely or perhaps to have some flexible hours, that was just not something that I came across. You know, and how often do our kids not go to school on a Monday or a Friday? I really think that what you're doing is so fantastic and forging ahead with building that community and having that conversation around flexible work opportunities is so key. And I know a big part of what you do is supporting professional women in finding that work that works for them, but searching for a job can be incredibly stressful and overwhelming at the best of times. I'm wondering if you can offer Any tips for staying positive and focused through your job search? I would say tap into your community and your support network. Uh, And also don't take it personally. So you're not getting hired, you know, because it's anything personal against you. Inboxes right now are crazy and they're full and there's so many applications for jobs. The job market right now is it's let's say hot. It's pretty full and pretty competitive. So please, whatever you do, don't take it personally. You have great skills. You have the right kind of experience. And when you commit your mind to your goals, you can get it. And I truly believe that. Surround yourself but with cheerleaders and with other people who are going through this process too, because they get it. So when you are having a down day or you are having a moment of self-doubt, connect to someone else who will say, yeah, man, I went through that yesterday and uh, I'm feeling more energized today. 
so again, just to have somebody to cheer you on and to help you is, is going to be very positive and keep you moving forward. What we do on our talent ecosystem is we're really about finding those jobs on the hidden job market. So 40% of jobs are actually posted online or advertised, which leaves 60% not advertised, which is crazy, but it's actually true. And this is what we saw when we launched our job board with job postings was that jobs were going up, but most of the time employers would say to me, ah, Jenny, I just don't want to post this job. Can you just tell me someone who could be my social media coordinator? Could you just make an introduction or... Surely, Jenny, you just know a marketing, senior marketing professional that you could just put me in touch with. So I ended up becoming that limiting factor in terms of my memory and making those connections. But it really went to show that, you know, only a certain number of jobs are actually advertised and the rest you have to go out and you have to dig and find. So in your job search process, connect with other people and get networking. And for introverts who might think, oh, networking, oh, no, it's not for me. I'd I'd really prefer not to do that. It doesn't have to be like salesy kind of pitches on, hey, help me get this job. But it's actually about being of service and building relationships. So in our talent community, it's all about getting to know each other. And the more you get to know each other, the more we're able to make connections and recommendations. What is it they say? Um, you, you buy products from people you know and trust right? It's the same thing. Like essentially, I hate to to compare you to a product, but people buy your services or buy you based on recommendations from people they know and trust. So, and people recommend people they know and trust. So you can see the theme here. It's really about just building relationships with people who you know and trust and who know and trust you and making those introductions. And it doesn't have to be like, people in the business world. So if you've had a career break and you're like, oh, I don't, I've lost all my network from when I was working before, start with your, the kids' moms at the park that you talk to every day. What do they know? Who do they know? What did they used to do? Do you ever talk about that? Talk about what you want to do because people probably don't even know what you do, to be honest. There's so many people who I've met on the school ground and I'm like, I start talking about what I do and they're like, oh, oh, are you that girl? Jenny from talent? I'm like, I am. They're like, how have we known each other for three years? And I don't know that you do that. So it's just the very fact of people don't always know what you do or what you want to do. So having those conversations at a bare minimum, somebody's going to make connections. It feels good to help other people. It feels good to be able to say, you know what? I, I know three people who do that kind of thing as well. Maybe I could make an introduction or I could introduce you at the school next week. Or did you know Billy's mom does that too? Why don't you go chat with her? So you don't have to go like hardcore, salesy, LinkedIn pitch. Um, You can start with your family. You can start on the playground. Uh, You could start with, you know, the people at your exercise group. It doesn't have to be big. You can start small. Yes, this was definitely my experience. And I had to get a little bit vulnerable in trying to figure this all out. I would literally talk to anybody or everybody who would listen to me about the type of work that I was looking for or what I was hoping for. And it was incredible the type of insight that I would get from people. I would get a new insight or a way of looking at things, or I would find out about a potential job opportunity. And truly every single flexible work opportunity that I've had came through a conversation that I had with somebody. But I did not realize the statistics behind this. So that really is eye-opening for me. 
And actually in our talent community as well, it's, we see the same statistics. So we keep and circulate our success stories. We get people just to let us know how they're getting on, the jobs that they're getting, what they've been applying for. And the statistics ring true in there as well. So of the people who successfully land the jobs, 40% come from applying online and 60% of the jobs are coming through uh, connections, through word of mouth, recommendations, and through reaching back into old contacts. And the other thing I'll just add to that is that your friends and family, you already have a leg up because they already like you. They already know you and trust you, right? So they're going to have no problem recommending you, even if you shouldn't be recommended. So, you know, you've already got people in your corner and I would leverage that. That's not a hard sell because they already know and like you. That is good advice and important to remember. Absolutely. There are so many pivots and shifts and changes that happen in motherhood, but also in work. I would say the very first and most important step is to understand what it is that you want. Um, And it's the same with when you're looking for a job as well. It's so much harder to find a job. It's so much harder to negotiate when you don't actually know what you want. You're not sure. You kind of have like an idea. You want more flexibility. But I would say the very first step is to get very clear on what it is that you want. How do you want to work? What are the things that are important to you? Write it all down. Uh, And start there and then start having a look for it. So if you're in job search mode and you know you want 100% remote there, you've just refined your job search and made it 100% easier Um, because you can go and start finding lists of remote companies. You can start connecting in through your network about who else work, who do you know who works from home right now? What is it? What is it that they do? What are the kind of roles that are in the highest growth rate right now in terms of remote work and, and careers and professions that you can do from home? So I think the very first step is understanding what it is that you want. Once you're clear on what, it, on what you want, if you're working for an organization, I would do your research on the organization as well. So I know we're in very different times because of COVID and flexible work looks very different. But I would say go back and see what their policies are because a lot of time they have policies. Uh, I'd go back and do your research again and say like, what are they saying they offer? What are they telling the world that they do? Let's make sure that we hold them up to the standards that they're presenting externally as well. Uh, And then have a talk around and see who else is doing it in your organizations. How do they make it work? What was the process that they went through? Present your case. Um, But also with the knowledge that flexibility has to work and negotiation has to work for both parties, right? So you want to make sure that it's super easy for them to say yes. So if you put yourselves in their shoes and think, how can I get them to say yes? What What are the key things that they need to hear from me in order to say yes? And if you start from that angle, that's a really good place to start. And we actually have a workbook on how to negotiate flexible work. It's a free resource. So if anyone wants to download it, if my contact details are in the podcast, um, you can email me or direct message me on Instagram as well. And I'd be happy to send you through a link for that. Um, but I think that it's it's always a win-win situation for both. And, um, and I think that if you create a strong enough case and you make it really hard for them to say no, uh, you'll be sweet. And also just be, par- be being prepared for their pushback. So there's common pushback that companies will say if they're unsure about flexible work. So have that in your back of your head and some responses for that. And don't be afraid to pause and say, let me think about it. And if you're really stuck with the pausing, ask questions. How could this work better for you? What would make you feel comfortable? What would you need to see from me in order to have this happen? What if we trialed this? Um, So asking questions is a really good way as well to understand where their comfort level is and where their discomfort level is and will help you go away and come back with solutions to strengthen your case for flexibility as well. 
it can be really hard sometimes to ask those questions. It almost feels vulnerable, right? And you don't want it to come across as though you're making excuses when you ask those questions. And you don't want to come across as that you're not willing to do the hard work or to work hard. And I think in so many ways, this is our own self-talk. At least that was for me. It was like the voice in my head telling me these things. Going in with that plan and putting forth those questions, you never know unless you don't ask the questions. So they may say yes, they may say no, but it's better to ask than to not ask at all. And I think if it can be seen as a win-win, that goes a long way. So in the work that I've done with curriculum writing, initially they wanted me to do my work downtown in the downtown office. But when I asked if I could do most of the curriculum writing at home and then come downtown in order to have those face-to-face meetings, they were completely open to that and it actually worked beautifully. I was able to be much more efficient because I eliminated the commute time for the times that I was working on my curriculum writing, which was fantastic. I was nervous to ask those questions and have that conversation, but in the end, it ended up working out really well for all of us, which was fantastic. And one of the things I've heard from employers as well is that they want you to ask. Now, I shouldn't, I don't want to generalize as well, but A worst case for them is for you not to bring a problem to them that they could solve and you just quit because they've invested a lot of time and a lot of money in training you and getting, you know, and supporting you to be where you are. You hold a lot of institutional knowledge, a lot of expertise. Um, They probably want to keep you to your point. So for you not to ask, some of them, the employers that I've spoken to have said, We want people to ask because we want to solve this problem with them. We don't want to lose them. And the worst case scenario, they say no right? Yeah. Okay, fine. You're no worse off. And then at least, you know, right? You know, and, and if it means that, you know, you start looking for another job, at least you can do it with confidence now, knowing that you can't get what you want, but you tried. Yes. I so appreciate you sharing this. Thank you so much. And I know for the women in your talent community, there is so much support there for them. I would love to learn more about the women in your telling community. Who is a part of it and what are their success stories? First of all, I just want to say it's so fun. That's <laughs> so much. It's actually, I, I, I love this stuff. I love making connections and bringing people together. And I think that the only way forward is to collaborate. And if you try and do things on your own, You know, you can, but it's going to be so much harder than if you work together with a group of people who want similar things to you and who are generous in spirit and show up in a positive way. It's just a really nice space to be a part of. So in the talent community, we have um, entrepreneurs, we have freelancers, we have job seekers, um, and we also have coaches in the community as well. And we have a lot of women who are looking for all kinds of things. So part-time jobs, full-time jobs, remote jobs, freelance and contract work. And then we just have women who don't know what comes next. So they don't fit really into any category. They're at the spot where they're like, I know I want something different. I know I want it to be flexible, but I don't know what that looks like. And, you know, we're at this 
this pivot point in their career where we're, we're really able to support them on this journey to finding work that works for them. Because work that works for you is going to be different than work that works for me, which is going to be different than work that works for somebody else. And what we want out of life and what leadership looks like to us is going to be completely different as well. So your success vision is going to look different than my success vision, which is going to look different than somebody else's as well. So we're all really about that individual work that works for you or success that works for you. So we have lots of different things in there. Like um, we have open office hour coaching every Thursday and we have mindset coaches, life coaches, career coaches, leadership coaches, business coaches. We even have a PR coach in there, which is really fun. And it's just an opportunity for you to show up and ask your question to whoever's hosting that week. Uh, We also have ideas labs, which are if somebody's thinking about a new business idea or um, a career idea or a pivot or whatever else, and they want to test out the waters and have and have a brainstorming session, essentially, uh, we bring together different contacts in the network who where it's applicable to whatever the idea is. Uh, so we had one woman come up and uh, she's a web designer and she wants to grow her company. So she's got this idea for growing her company, but she wants to put it out there and and see if anyone can help her with this idea that she's developing. So we hosted that and she was able to really refine the idea and take it to market. But also now she had a network and connections of eight people who feel like they contributed to this idea, who are now bought into this idea, who now want to share this idea and who are now talking about her new business and her new pivot in many, many different circles. So we do a whole bunch of fun things like that in just supporting each other and helping each other figure out what it is that they want and then go after it. So some of the successes that we have, I just posted one today, actually, which I'm very excited about. I met Michelle at the Atelier conference and she had a business idea, but she didn't want to leave her full-time job because, you know, making that transition from full-time work to going out on your own can be quite difficult. So I suggested, why doesn't she freelance? on the side so that she can have some money coming in from her accounting expertise, but still run her nutrition business that she's really interested in. uh, And she's really excited to get up and off the ground. So she came into the talent community in March and she quit her full-time job a month ago and is freelancing on the side with a steady freelance organization and job that she got through a connection made at talent. So these are some of the things that we do, which I think is just phenomenal and so fun. We had another woman come through and she'd had a career break of six years and she came from a technology background, but she wanted to go into interior design. So we had a conversation on one of the networking calls. We have a networking call every other week and she was telling us about this and we had eight other women on the call and we were able to connect her with three different interior interior designers just to explore what it's like to make that career transition. And she ended up working with one as a, an apprentice and getting mentorship and as a job. So we were able to make that connection and she was able to pivot her career uh, into something completely different and then land herself a job, which is just fun. It's just uh, fun and positive and it's, it's wonderful to see. This is incredible. You have really created this community where people can engage in meaningful conversations with others about all the things that they're looking to understand and navigate with work and create that clarity for themselves. It's also that space to create those meaningful connections among women. And I mean, that village mentality is so applicable in motherhood, but it also makes 
such a difference in our navigation of work as well. There are so many pivots and transitions and changes in motherhood and work too. Those opportunities to connect with others are so key. Oh, absolutely. And uh, as I said before, I truly believe in collaboration over competition. You know, the pie is big enough for all of us. And if it's not, we'll make it bigger. So it's not like you're taking something for me or I'm taking something for you. And I'm seeing that in the community as well. So copywriters referring work to other copywriters because it's not for them or it's not a good fit or they, they're too busy. So they're actively helping their so-called competition in getting more roles and contracts or even mentoring. We have another copy, copywriter um, who's mentoring other copywriters in the group and sharing the skills and knowledge as well. So it's just, I think in this day and age, the idea of, of competition is outdated. I think that the only way to move forward is to work together. Yes, that sense of community is really so important. And in community, it's so nice when we can keep things real because then we can talk about those highs and lows and in-betweens, which are inevitable in both motherhood and work. So with community, it is so nice when we can be real about the successes and challenges and everything in between. And in the part-time jungle, we like to keep things real because it often looks like and feels like everyone has it way more together than we do. But motherhood, of course, is truly an adventure. And I'm wondering if you have a mummy mess up that you would be willing to share with us. So a mistake, something you wished you had done differently, or a learning opportunity that you've had. (laughs) <laughs> How long's the show? <laughs> <laughs> I would say one thing that I have struggled with sometimes is understanding or knowing when to intervene on behalf of my child and advocate for them. So my kids are five and seven and my daughter has high anxiety. Uh, and we learned this in daycare and we got some people to come in and help us. And then she started JK and we came prepared with you know, here's how you can engage her and help her learn and integrate. And she did really, really well. And and the growth we saw in her was amazing. So then she moved to grade one and I I was like, oh, should I tell the teachers, told the teachers and she was good. And I don't know if it, I don't know if it was the right thing to do or not do. And then grade two came and she's in grade two and it's COVID and she doesn't have friends in her class. And now I'm stressed out. She seems fine. But yeah, knowing when to like, do I keep doing this? Do I keep preempting this? Do I set expectations before they've even met her or should I just let it go naturally? Um, So I let it go naturally and that was a bit of a disaster this year. So so I think it's just, you know, there's what your head says and what your gut says. And my gut was saying protect her. But I, then I was like, well, every mother thinks that, right? Like that's, that's never going to go away. But I just, I didn't. And I just said, go for it. And anyway, I ended up a week and a half later talking to the teacher being like, help her, <laughs> but please help her. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I would say that uh, I find it, I find it difficult to know when to, when to step back and when to get all, all mum up in their face, you know? I can definitely relate. It's so hard to know when to step back or to step in. I can completely understand where you're coming from. We also have a kiddo with anxiety and it's so hard to navigate that and to know what the right thing is to do. 
Because it's a balance too of your kids have to learn these things. They have to take responsibility at some point. So sometimes I go in too tough with like, this is the year she's going to learn <laughs> to overcome all of her anxieties and be fine, which she's seven. So it was not the year, but at some point she will learn. So it's that balance between what you should be doing, you know, as well of um, I should be letting her learn these things. I should be letting her take responsibility. She, yeah, the shoulds, the shoulds are horrible. Well, I am so appreciative of all the strategies and tips and words of wisdom that you've shared with us today. But before we wrap things up, I'm just wondering if you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening, who might be looking for some inspiration or support with their own motherhood work juggles. I think you are exactly where you're meant to be right now for whatever reason, you are the most important person to a number of people out there. Uh, and don't forget that and the value that you bring to your household and to your family. And work will come if you're looking for work and you're not there yet. Jobs will come. The opportunities are out there. Uh, figure out what you want. And if you find that hard or challenging, talk to someone, talk to a friend, talk to a family member, talk to a career coach or join our community. But talk to someone and figure out what it is that you want, not what you should be doing, but what it is that you want. And I, I believe you will get it. That is such a lovely way to wrap up our conversation today. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story, ideas, and knowledge with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and the amazing work that you do, where are the best places to find you? You can find me on my website, which is wearetalent.com or connect to me on LinkedIn, direct message me and introduce yourself. Let me know uh, that you heard the podcast and I'd love to connect. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time, where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.